Welcome to the Money Love Podcast. I'm your host and money coach, Paige Pritchard. If you're ready to uplevel your results in relationship with money, you're in the right place. Each week, I give you the tools to transform your mindset, manage your emotions, and achieve results with your money you never dreamed were possible. Hi, love. Welcome to episode 37 of the Money Love Podcast, where this week we are going to be talking about people-pleasing and the price of people-pleasing. This week is another topic in our Women and Money series. So if the title of this episode just kind of caught your attention and you are starting off here, I do encourage you to go back to episode 34 and get yourself caught up. Listen to episodes 34, 35, 36 before listening to this, because what we've been doing for the past couple of weeks is deep diving into topics that are holding women specifically, more so compared to men, back from reaching our full financial potential. So this looks like not making the money that we're destined to make, not spending our money intentionally, not managing it to the best of our ability. And this week, we are talking about the concept of people-pleasing. We're really going to be talking about two topics today, but one kind of feeds into the next. We're going to be talking about other people's opinions and how deeply we care about other people's opinions, which then leads us into the second topic, which is people-pleasing. When I first had the idea to do this Women and Money series, people-pleasing was the first topic that popped into my head that we need to talk about. To me, this topic was the most obvious construct that is costing us women so much money. We're going to dive into all the ways that it's costing us, but first I want to take some time and just define what people-pleasing is. So people-pleasing is when we behave in a way that is inauthentic to our beliefs, to our values, to our desires, in order to align with someone else's beliefs, values, or desires. And really, it's going against what feels true or authentic to you so that you can be perceived in a certain light by another person. It's saying yes when you really want to be saying no. It's saying no when you really want to be saying yes. And when you are people-pleasing your way through life, you are basically telling people what they want to hear. And you're doing that because ultimately you want to change the way that another person perceives you or thinks about you. One time, one of my mentors told me that when you are people-pleasing, you are lying. You are being dishonest. The opposite of people-pleasing is telling the truth. And that really struck me. I had never thought about people-pleasing as a form of dishonesty. But when you really think about it, it's true. You're putting forth this falsehood. You're putting forth this version of yourself that isn't the true and authentic version of yourself. Ultimately, just so someone will like you more or think about you in a certain way. Now, I will be the first to say and admit that I am a recovering people pleaser. I will raise my hand and admit that there have been so many times that I have been dishonest with people. I have done things that I have zero desire to do, and I do them solely because I don't want to hurt people's feelings by saying no. I have said no to things that deep down I really had a strong interest in and I really did want to do, but I was scared of how it was going to be perceived by other people. So I lied and I pretended like I had no interest when I actually did. 
I have just flat out lied to people and told them things that were not true because I thought in doing so, I was protecting their emotional well-being. And I was more concerned with being liked by them and creating harmony between us and in our relationship than being truthful. So when we people please our way through life, instead of building relationships that are truthful and genuine, what ends up happening is we end up building relationships that are curated. And they might seem pretty from the inside out, but when you really crack them open and you look at the inside, there's really not any true substance to them. And as I'm recording this and talking about this, the imagery that just popped into my head is the turkey in Christmas Vacation. Okay, everyone's seen that movie. You know what I'm talking about, where they cut open the Christmas turkey and it looks like a beautiful turkey, but then they cut it open and it just kind of like cracks open and there's no meat inside. That's what happens with our relationships when we people please. They look nice and pretty from the outside because they are curated and they're harmonious because we're telling the other person what they know that they want to hear. But really, that's just building relationships on lies and falsehoods. And when you really crack it open, there's no substance there. So in doing this episode, I really started to think about why people pleasing is such an issue with women specifically. And why, as women, we care so much about other people's opinions compared to our male counterparts. And here is what I came up with. First off, it is normal for all human beings, male or female, to care about the opinions of other people. I have mentioned this many times on the podcast, but at the root of it, we have a pack mentality. Love and connection to other human beings are two of the most important emotions that our primitive lizard caveman brains care about. We want to be a part of the pack. We want to be accepted. Acceptance and being part of the pack means survival. Being different and going against the crowd means isolation, which ultimately means death, right, in our caveman terms. And our brains are still very much subject to our primitive thinking. And so our brains are actually wired to care about what other people think. As humans, we crave and we desire that connection with other human beings. And when we are agreeing with or when we are in harmony with other people, we feel connected to them, which makes us feel safer. I always have to roll my eyes a little bit when I hear someone say, oh, I don't really care what people think about me, right? Have you ever heard someone say that before? They say it kind of like a badge of honor, like, oh, look at me, I'm so tough. I don't really care what other people think about me. And it's kind of like, oh, okay, good for you. Aren't you special, (laughs) right? But listen, as a side note, anyone that tells you that they don't care about the opinions of other people is either lying to you, which is funny when you think about it. It's ironic. Because they are lying about caring about what other people think so that you will think about them in a certain way, which in fact shows that they do care what people think. Or the second option is, is they're just a psychopath, all right? They're either lying or they're a psychopath. Those are the two options. Like I said, our brains are wired to care. Now, I think that there are ways and mental constructs that we can work on, which we're going to be going through in this episode where we can drastically reduce the amount that you care about other people's opinions, and you can also reduce the power and control that you give to other people's opinions. But this caring, this concern that we have for other people's opinions, I don't believe it's ever entirely going to go away. 
there's always going to be a part of us that is designed to care. For me, however, it was a really liberating realization just to be open about the fact that I do care about what other people think about me because my brain has been designed to care. All of ours have. But also realizing that even though my primitive brain cares because it's its job to care, because in caring, it's protecting me and keeping me alive, I also have the power and control in the human part of my brain over how much control and energy I'm going to deliberately give to other people's opinions and how much I'm going to let those opinions influence my feelings and my actions and my results that I'm able to create my life. But for women, it goes even deeper than that, I believe. Again, I know I'm speaking very generally here, but I do feel that women let the opinions of others mold and shape our beliefs and our feelings and our actions and our decisions much more than men do. And when I started to give some thought into why that is, here is what I came up with. And I'm sure this is not the only reason, but for the sake of this 30-minute podcast episode, this is what we got. I mentioned this in episode 34, where we were talking about women and money. But I think that for many women, we are raised to be agreeable and polite. All right. I know that I certainly was. We are raised to be at the service of others, which means making people feel good, not to make people mad, not to inconvenience other people, to always say yes, to do it with a smile and a servant's heart, not to challenge, not to disagree, not to push the limits. And a big part of this dynamic is to do what we think other people want us to do, even if it's not truthful or genuine to our true desires, even if it's something that's at our own expense, we do it anyways. In many ways, the comforts of other people is more important to us than being truthful and in integrity with ourselves. It's this notion of other people over self, always. Now, when we do this, when we behave in a way that's agreeable, we think that this is the best way to go about things, right? Because other people are happy with us and they think highly of us. But really, this is a terrible way to live your life because it's inauthentic. It just feels off. It feels out of alignment. And you end up becoming a version of yourself that isn't really you. And as a byproduct of that, people like you for some version of yourself that, like I said, isn't actually you. So this is the price of people-pleasing. Without a doubt, there is a price, literally and figuratively speaking. Being a people-pleaser is costing you in more ways than one. It is keeping you from being in integrity with yourself, first and foremost. Place whatever cost on that that you want. I would say that the price of that is pretty high. It's also costing you time that you can never get back because you're doing things you actually don't want to be doing. It's costing you opportunity because you're not doing the things that you truly want to be doing. And then it is quite literally costing you money that you are spending that you probably wouldn't be otherwise if you were just being honest about what you truly want and desire. I want you to think about all of the money that you have spent simply trying to appease another person. Money that you have spent trying to win over the affection or the admiration of another person. I'm going to give you a couple examples of this. This can look like saying yes to the work happy hour that you really don't want to go to, but you're worried about how it's going to be perceived by your coworkers if you say no. You don't want them to think that you're stiff and uptight and no fun. And so you go and you end up spending a lot of money on drinks that you didn't really want to even be drinking in the first place. 
People pleasing looks like saying yes to going on the bachelorette party for the girl that you were like kind of close with in college, but you haven't really kept in touch with. And she's inviting you because she's people pleasing. She doesn't want you to feel left out. And the truth is, you don't really want to be going either, but you're also worried about how saying no would make her feel. So you go and you spend the money on, you know, possibly traveling to a different city for the bachelorette party on the t-shirt that everyone's got to wear on all the activities and the food and the alcohol. People-pleasing looks like spending money to go on the annual trip with your in-laws who are rude to you and disrespectful, but you keep going on this trip just to keep the peace even though you know based on past years that it's just going to be a miserable time for everyone. People-pleasing with your money looks like giving money to a charity or a cause that you really don't have any care or passion for or even possibly you don't even agree with the cause, but you feel obligated to give your money simply because someone asked you to. And you don't want to be seen as the jerk who says no to not donating to a charity. It's not asking for a raise at your job, even though you know that you're under-earning and you know that you're well-deserving of a raise, but you're afraid of how it's going to look. You want your boss and the leadership at your company to think of you in a certain light, and you're worried about how advocating for your worth is going to change that perception of you. That now suddenly, because you're asking for a raise, they're going to start to think that you're pushy or ungrateful or bossy. Now, these are just a few examples that I could come up with very quickly, but I'm going to ask you to spend some time thinking about where are you being dishonest with yourself and with other people? And what is that people pleasing, that dishonesty costing you? Again, think about the cost in a figurative sense, but also a literal sense. What is the price of your people-pleasing? It's going to look a little bit different for all of us, but do not be mistaken that there is a price that you're paying. So we are going to be walking through some shifts in the rest of this episode that you can make that have helped me tremendously with people-pleasing. But one main takeaway of this episode that I want you to leave with is this. Every dollar that you spend in an attempt to manipulate and control the way someone else feels is a dollar that you've wasted. Every dollar that you spend trying to win the affection or the admiration of someone else is a dollar that you've wasted. Take that for what you will, but I want to start sharing some realizations with you that I have come to recently that have helped me so much shift out of people-pleasing and move into living my life more honestly and more authentically, doing what I want to be doing, not doing what I don't want to be doing, and living a life where I'm being honest with others, and most importantly, being honest with myself. The first tool that has been the most helpful for me to overcome people-pleasing is the model. I have talked about the model in many episodes, but I always like to just give a quick rundown in case you're new here. The model is the pillar of my life coaching practice. What the model says is that there are circumstances of the world, black and white facts of the world. Our human brains are going to have thoughts about those circumstances. Our thoughts create emotions within us. Our emotions are the fuel that drive our actions. And then when you total up our actions over a period of time, that will yield the results that we've created in our world. Okay, so it goes circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. And here is why the model has been so life-changing for me in this area. Before I learned about the model, I truly believed that I had the power through my words and my actions and my decisions to impact the way another human being felt. 
I was living my life thinking things like, oh, if I say no and I don't accept the invitation to go to the bachelorette party, I'm going to hurt her feelings. Or if I decide to do this thing, they're going to think less of me. This is a form of emotional childhood. I've talked about this concept in past episodes, but really, it's thinking that we have the ability or the power to cause certain thoughts and emotions in another person. The model showed me and it taught me that I am not that powerful, and neither are you. (laughs) None of us are. Here is why we all have our own models. This means that there are circumstances of the world. I have my own thoughts about the circumstances, which causes me to feel certain emotions and take certain actions from those emotions, which leads to my own unique results. You also have your own model. Something that someone else does or says to you is a circumstance in your model. Something that you say or do to someone else is a circumstance in their model. All right, are you following me? So anything that you do and say, circumstance in someone else's model. Anything that someone else does or says to you is a circumstance in your model. Circumstances are facts. They are things that with certainty happened and they could be proven in a court of law. So here is an example. A circumstance would be my mother-in-law invited us to come spend Thanksgiving with them this year and I said no. Okay, assuming that's what really happened, that would be the circumstance. Now, in your mother-in-law's model, the circumstance would be daughter-in-law said no to Thanksgiving invitation. Now, what most people think is they think, oh, well, the mother-in-law is upset or she's mad because the daughter-in-law turned down her invitation for Thanksgiving dinner, right? They are attributing the way that the mother-in-law feels to something that you did or said. But when you know the model, you know that there is a thought That comes in between the circumstance of you saying no and how the mother in law is feeling. So, if she is feeling mad, it's not because you said no to coming for Thanksgiving dinner. It's because mother in law is having a thought like, how dare she turn down my invitation? Or if she's feeling sad, it might be because she's having a thought like, well, now I'm not gonna be able to see my son over the holidays, or whatever the thought that she's having is, right? Her own thoughts is what is making her feel sad or mad or whatever her emotional response is, not you saying no. She could instead be having a thought like, oh, you know, it's no big deal. I understand they have a lot going on. It's just hard to do this year. I totally understand why they can't make it. That is also a thought that is available to her. But that is a thought that is going to cause her to feel completely differently than sad or mad. That thought will make her feel so much differently than the thought, how dare she decline my invitation? So do you see the difference? It's not that you told her no. It's how she chooses to think about you telling her no. And all thoughts are available to her, just how all thoughts are available to you when someone does or says something to you. So when I realized like, oh, I have my models, I have my own thoughts and feelings and actions and results, which I control. I can take responsibility over those things. But other people have their models, which I have zero control over. I have zero control over how someone is going to think about or perceive actions I take or words I say. I have my model. They have theirs. This realization changed me in such a profound way because 
the place where I find the most peace is where I know that I have 100% control of my model and I have 0% control over another person's model. So this means I get to have complete control over my thoughts, my feelings, my actions, and my results. And I get to allow other people to think, feel, and act how they want to. Abraham says, one of my favorite quotes, you do you and let them do them. If there was ever a better quote for the day and time that we are in now, I don't think that you could find anything more perfect. You do you and let them do them. I do my model and I'm going to let other people do theirs. The model showed me that I am not responsible for how someone else feels. You are not responsible for how someone else feels. They are responsible for how they feel. And when you realize that you are not powerful enough to control the way other people feel, you will no longer work so hard to seek the approval or the affirmation or the acceptance of other people because you know that it's outside of your control and manipulation anyways. Once you stop trying to prove points, your life is going to become so much more peaceful. You've heard the saying like, oh, how other people react says more about them than it does about you. And it's a saying that's a little rundown and a little cliche, but honestly, it's entirely the truth. If someone has a poor reaction to you living your life authentically, and they don't appreciate you telling them the truth about what you do and don't want, then that is on them. It has absolutely nothing to do with you. Them reacting poorly is a result of them feeling poorly. And then feeling poorly is a result of them thinking poorly. And each one of us has complete control over the thoughts that we allow to run through our heads. So thinking thoughts that cause you to feel and act in a way that isn't kind or respectful or becoming is on each one of us. That is all our own responsibility. Going back to that example, that mother-in-law can think whatever she wants to think about you saying no to coming for Thanksgiving. She can think, oh, it's no big deal. I totally understand they have a lot going on. She can also think, how dare she decline my invitation? That's on her, though. The thoughts that she chooses to think is up to her. Another quote by Abraham that I love, it says, what anybody thinks about you doesn't have anything to do with you. It has everything to do with how life has touched them. I'm going to say that again. What anybody thinks about you doesn't have anything to do with you. It has everything to do with how life has touched them. So just knowing the model that there are circumstances in the world and each of us control how we think about those circumstances, which will dictate how we feel and act and the results that we create, has been monumental in me overcoming people-pleasing. It has shown me that I'm not nearly as powerful as I thought that I was. The words I say, the actions I take, the decisions I make don't cause anyone to feel a certain way. Thoughts are caused by our own internal narrative, not someone else's words or actions. I don't have that level of power over someone else's life. And guess what? No other person has that level of control over mine, which is the beauty. So the model has been key. The next realization that I came to that has been so helpful for me is allowing people just to be wrong about me. A mantra that I love saying now is she can just be wrong about me or he can just be wrong about me. Piggybacking on what we were just talking about with the model, an objection that I sometimes get is, okay, 
I get it and I understand that we can't control what other people think, but what if they think about me is just wrong? Then my response to that is you simply let them be wrong about you. Come to peace with people just get to be wrong about me. I want you to consider how draining it is to A, just be concerned with, but B, pouring your time and your energy trying to change what people think about you. It's exhausting. And I've come to the realization that letting someone be wrong about me or paint a false narrative about me is actually a really small price to pay for protecting and preserving my emotional well-being and my energy. Let them say what they want, okay? And if they're wrong, or they're misinformed, just let them be wrong and misinformed. Save your time and your energy for yourself and for those people in your life who are actually committed to knowing and understanding the true you. I'll say this as well. Listen, I have certainly gotten it wrong about other people. I have made assumptions and judgments about people that after getting to know the person better or learning more information, I was like, yeah, I got that one wrong. I think we all have, right? Like, is there anyone you've ever gotten it wrong about? You made assumptions about them. Once you got to know them better, you were like, yeah, I was pretty off on this one. I actually think this person's pretty cool. We get it wrong sometimes. We are not perfect 100% of the time. It happens. But guess what? In turn, other people are also going to get it wrong about you. None of us are perfect. None of us have all the information. So a lot of times people are going to be wrong about you. Just how your assumptions about other people probably aren't 100% correct either. People get it wrong about me all the time. And you know what? It's okay. It's not a problem. Why? Again, coming back to the model. Someone saying something about me that I don't agree with or I think is untrue or misrepresentative is a circumstance. I am in control over how I'm going to think about it. And I could spend my time and energy being like, oh my gosh, can you believe that? the nerve that she has, who do they think they are, yada, yada, yada. Instead, what I choose to think is, huh, that's too bad. They're misinformed. That's it. Too bad. They're misinformed. This notion is actually where my policy of not arguing with people on the internet comes from. I actually have a personal policy that I do not spend time and energy arguing with strangers on the internet. I just don't. A couple of weeks ago, I actually posted a reel and it kind of went viral in a sense that it ended up with over a million views. (laughs) If you go to my Instagram profile and you go look at my reels, you can see which one it was. It was the shortest reel that I've ever made. And the reason that it went viral was because of how many negative comments the video got or the reel got. It just kept going and going and picking up traction because it was getting so many negative comments. I have never been called more worse names in my entire life than I have about this like five second reel. And at first, when all these negative comments started rolling in, obviously I felt pretty misunderstood and pretty defensive. But again, I just went back to this notion of, you know what? These people are on here thinking that they know me and they know who I am based off a five second reel that I've posted on Instagram. And you know what? That's okay they get to be wrong about me. It's too bad. They're just misinformed. Oftentimes, people who call me names or make assumptions about who I am as a person based on a couple things, I just let them be wrong about me. I spend zero time and energy arguing with them or telling them that they're wrong and why they're wrong. I just allow them to be wrong about me and I move on. And that, my friend, is where your power lies not fighting against or appeasing to people who honestly a lot of the times are committed to misunderstanding you in the first place, whose minds you were never going to change no matter what you did or what you said. 
So instead, what we do is we live our truths, we let people interpret our truths how they will, and if they choose to interpret our truths and make it mean things that it really doesn't, we simply allow them to be wrong, have their own thoughts and beliefs, just like how we have that right ourselves. The third skill that is really helpful in overcoming the concern with other people's opinions and people-pleasing is working on the love that you have for yourself, self-love. And again, I know this one sounds really fluffy, but just hear me out on this one, okay? If you are people-pleasing in the first place, it's because underneath it all, you probably feel like your truth, your authentic self, your genuine desires aren't good enough, or they're wrong, or they're inferior. And that is why you're covering them up and being dishonest in the first place. That's why you're not voicing and bringing forth your truth. That is why you are putting forth a version of yourself that isn't representative of who you really are. You are actually placing the love that you think that you're going to receive from others being an inauthentic version of yourself over the love that you have for your authentic self. And we think that people-pleasing is a way to show others love because we are putting their emotional well-being over our own. But people-pleasing doesn't feel like love. People-pleasing feels like obligation. And so we are completely missing the point. When we people-please, we start draining ourselves of our own self-respect and of our own truth. And we get so good at people-pleasing and calling it love for others that we lose the love that we actually have for our true selves. People-pleasing is the opposite of self-love. It's lying about who you are, and it's not honoring how you actually feel. Lying and dishonesty do not create the foundation that is needed for love. Truth and honesty is what lays the foundation for love. Love for other people and also love for yourself. Truth and love go together. Dishonesty and people-pleasing and love can never go together. See, people-pleasing actually feels amazing in the moment while you're doing it because you're telling people what you know that they want to hear, which means that you're probably getting the response from them that you want. And that is a little hit of like adrenaline and dopamine to us. It feels good, right? But unconditional self-love for yourself is what feels good long-term. It's you telling the truth for you and saying, this is what I believe and this is what I want, and this is what is true for me, and letting the other person respond to and be who they are with your truth. You have to love yourself first, 100% unconditionally, including all of your opinions and all of your thoughts and everything that feels true to you. And when you can do that, then other people's response to your truth becomes a lot less important. So again, let me ask you, Do you love yourself enough to tell the truth, to stop people-pleasing? And will you love yourself even after you say the truth out loud and you might have to deal with the consequences or the repercussions from other people from that truth? If the answer to that is yes, then that is work that is worth doing, and that is what is going to feel amazing long-term. That is always my goal for you. I always want you making decisions with your life and with your money that are based in your future self, that are going to be the best thing for you long term, not doing what feels good in the moment. 
People pleasing feels good in the moment, but it creates, again, these relationships that are built off of false narratives. And I want you to be living a life that's honest. I want you to be honest to other people, but most importantly, I want you being honest with yourself. And when we are all able to do both of those things, be honest with other people, but also be honest with ourselves and transparent about what we truly want and desire and believe, that is the version of ourselves that is the easiest to love. The last point that I want to make in this episode is that love for others doesn't always mean yes. Sometimes love means saying no. I think a big part of people pleasing, the biggest part is saying yes when we really want to be saying no. There is an element of saying no when we want to be saying yes, but in most instances that I can look at, we are doing something or we're agreeing with something. We're saying yes when really on the inside we're shouting no. And something that I have been working on getting more comfortable with is, is the notion, I love you, and the answer is no. I love you, and the answer is no. I've been saying this to my husband when he asked me to do something that I know that I don't have the bandwidth to take on. When a family member asked me to come in town for a holiday that I just don't want to or I know I can't swing. When a friend invites me to go do something that honestly I'd rather not do, even though I love my friend. It's just, I love you, and no. In the past, I would say yes 100% of the time because in my heart of hearts, I believed that love meant saying yes no matter what and never saying no to someone that you love. Saying yes even when my true answer and my true desire was actually no. And in my mind, I was like, okay, I can't say no. I love this person and I want them to know that I love them and I care about them. So in order to not upset them or to hurt their feelings, I'll just be dishonest with myself and I'll just say yes even though I don't really want to do the thing, I'll say yes, but I really mean no. Through doing this work, I realized that not only was I disrespecting the other person because I was lying to them, I was also disrespecting myself every time that I would say yes when I really wanted to be saying no. And I would justify my dishonesty by saying that, oh, this is love or it's loyalty. But really, honestly, what's going on is you're just hoping that someone is going to give you validation, that they're going to choose you. But instead of being so worried about other people choosing me and giving me that validation, I just decided to give myself that validation. I decided to choose myself over the other person, which might sound selfish in a way, but again, I would much rather be honest and genuine and authentic in my relationships than be dishonest. This notion of I love you and the answer is no reminds me that even though I am saying no, my love for them remains. And it reminds me that the kindest thing that I can be doing for both of us is just being honest. Remember that love and honesty exist together, not love and dishonesty. It means not saying yes when I really wanted to say no and then just showing up half-heartedly and just begrudgingly going through the motions, which isn't fun or enjoyable or worthwhile for any of us. I love you and no. It means really recognizing that truth in yourself. If you don't want to be doing something, say no. It's not the end of the world. All right, that is what I have for you this week on the price of people-pleasing. To recap, overcoming people-pleasing starts with knowing the model and realizing that you have your model and other people have theirs. You are not powerful enough with your words or with your actions or with anything that you do to control another person's thoughts or feelings. 
So you might as well just be honest and live your life authentically. If people do choose to take your authentic truth and misinterpret that and make assumptions that are wrong or incorrect, that's okay. Just let them be wrong about you. Don't waste a second of your precious time and energy trying to change the opinions and feelings of people who are committed to misunderstanding you in the first place. The more that you care about what other people think, the more they own you. The more you care, the more people-pleasing you will do. And the more people-pleasing that you do, the less control you are going to have over your own life and the more power other people are going to have over your life. I want you to love yourself enough to be honest about who you really are and what you really want. Self-love is the opposite of people-pleasing. When you love and accept yourself fully, you will not feel the need to be any different than who you are to other people because the love that you have for yourself will be far more important than the love that you receive from other people. I would much rather have a smaller group of people who know me truly and love me for who I really am than a bigger group of people that love some watered down or fake version of me who really don't know the true me. And last, do not be afraid of telling people that you love no. Sometimes love looks like yes, but sometimes love looks like no. I love you and no. So I want to end this episode and have you think about the answer to this question. Where do I think that I am still people-pleasing? Where am I lying? Where isn't it true for me anymore? And what is the truth? Going through each of your relationships, going through conversations with yourself, where am I lying? Where am I being dishonest? Where am I trying to present a false version of myself? And what is the price of that? Remember that at the end of the day, we are just all human beings that are terrified of being judged by other human beings who are also terrified of being judged. That is kind of funny and comical when you think about it. We all care about the opinions of other people. It's just what we're wired to do. It's just where our brains are wired to go. But all of us are like that. There is not a single human being on this planet who isn't a psychopath that doesn't care about the opinions of other people. So just realize that while you might be scared of being judged, everyone else is also scared of being judged. The people who you are afraid are judging you. They're also afraid that you are judging them. Here is my challenge for all of us, though, all of us women listening to this episode. Like I said, I'm not convinced that it's possible to entirely not care about what other people think about us, but it is possible to drastically reduce the amount that we care and also release the control and the hold that we are allowing it to have over the results that we're creating in our life. And what I want to encourage you to do is I want you to start caring more about your bank account and more about your net worth and your money then you care about other people's opinions of you because it is costing you a high price. I hope that all the tools and the mindset shifts that I've given you in this episode will help you with that. So tune in next week. We have got a couple weeks left of the Women in Money series. Next week, we are going to be talking about one of my favorite topics to coach on, which is self-confidence. I love coaching on self-confidence. So please make sure to come back next Tuesday. If you enjoyed this episode, do not be shy about sharing it with your network. Post it on Instagram, tag me, and if you have two minutes to leave a review on iTunes, it would mean the absolute world to me. All right. I love you all so dearly. Have an amazing week. I will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Hey, girl. 
If you enjoyed this episode, I want to invite you to join me in Overcoming Overspending. It's my signature program where I take you through my three-phase approach to stop impulse shopping and overspending so that you can finally start making substantial progress with your finances. Through the self-paced online program, the student community group, and live weekly coaching with me, you will receive all the encouragement you need to finally achieve lasting change with your money habits that have been sabotaging you for so long. You'll have money back in your pocket. You will leave behind the stress and the worry that you currently experience with money, and your spending will be controlled purposeful and actually feel good and be fun. The best part is it's 100% risk-free. You have a lifetime to implement my proven process. And after doing that, if you don't make your investment back, I will give you a full refund. Your results are guaranteed or the program is on me. Just head over to overcomingoverspending.com to get started. I can't wait to have you as a student within the program.